Bands and Brews. And we're back. We are back. Podcast number 0003. The third one. We made it. We made it. You we're know, doing I've it. Heard, I've heard a statistic that most podcasts, uh, like 98% of podcasts, don't make it to the first episode. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, I can't prove it, but that sounds exactly right. Uh, We're big on metrics and, and high value statistics on this podcast. So you're going to get a lot of great hey, insight like that. This is a marketing we're... podcast and we know our data and Kirill really knows his data. So you're at the right place. If you want marketing, uh, we're brands of Bruce. I'm Jesse. This is Kirill. And, uh, we're gonna do a. We're gonna talk about some marketing today, right? Jesse, what uh, what is this podcast? I know this is the third time we're talking about it, but third time's the charm. I think that people might start getting it now. We're just a couple of dudes that are marketing professionals. We've been friends for quite a while, and uh, we enjoy talking about marketing. And whenever we do talk about marketing, we're always doing over a beer. So uh, we're a laid back type of podcast. Uh, that talks about anything about marketing and and uh, yeah, we do it over a beer. And the best part is we're not here to sell you anything. We're not an agency, just a couple dudes talking, and that's it. The funny thing is that <clears throat> how this whole thing started really was uh, Jesse and I were working on an agency together, and I think it was probably like week number one after you had started there, and you started I think like a few days after I did or something. And it was like a crazy week where we were talking about planning and what we were going to do. And I think it was like three o'clock on Friday. And I was like, hey, dude, why don't we leave and go down the street <laughs> to a brewery and grab our PPC guy? And I think, um, who was it? Our uh, email marketing guy. And then we're just going to go and sit down and like get to know each other and, and bullshit. And so we left at like three. No, we didn't ask anybody. We just like left and we had beers. <laughs> And we had like probably one of the best marketing conversations from four very different minds. And then we just started doing it pretty regularly. And yeah. uh, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Same, same type of concept. Uh, we also do this while drinking a beer. Sometimes two. And sometimes if you're Kirill, maybe four. So <laughs> just kidding. Or six. Or six. What kind of beer are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Colorado beer. It's gluten free, and it's called My Favorite Blonde by Holiday Brewing. <laughs> and uh, the reason I love this beer is it is very refreshing. Uh, it's carbonated, but not so carbonated. Has no gluten in it. I'm not anti gluten. I just like how it tastes, and I love that it's local. It's got really cool packaging. It's a, a big yellow can. And uh, it feels good in my stomach. So what else can I say? What are you drinking? Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a dude, uh, like I live on top of a hill in the, out in the burbs in, uh, outside of Denver, area called Centennial for all your listeners. And uh, we had a snowstorm a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this dude uh, got stuck in, uh, in the snow just um, right in front of my house. Happens almost every big snowstorm. And so I ran out there and I tried to push him out. And he dug himself big time. So I was out there like digging him out. And uh, he came back and he 
brought me a bunch of random beers and a couple bottles of wine after I dome out. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I had this one in there in my fridge. It's a it's a beer by Denver Beer Co. Denver Beer Company. Um, and it's a peanut butter graham cracker porter. So it's something I wouldn't normally drink. So I figure I'll give it a shot. Now, dude, I'll tell you what, it tastes like freaking peanut butter. <laughs> It's so weird. Though I first swing, I was like, "What the hell?" It is. It is literally. It tastes like freaking peanut butter. It's. It's so. It's so odd. It's not bad actually. It's not bad. I wouldn't drink more than one of these. Um, in fact, I might not ever drink this again. But it's definitely not bad. <laughs> I know. Last week we talked about Corona Premier and only having two point six grams of carbs. Now we know where all the rest of the grams from that carb, uh, that beer went. <laughs> Bill went into your beer. It's so weird, man. Um, oh, it's a meal, meal in a can. It's a meal in a can. It's a dessert in a can, too, because it's, it's got graham cracker in it. And I t- kind of taste the graham cracker, too. This is really, really odd. Um, but anyway, I, I do recommend if you want something different, go check it out. Uh, again, that's uh, Denver Beer Company. It's a peanut butter uh, graham cracker porter. It's an orange can, too. It's pretty sick. All right, so uh, let's talk about some marketing. Uh, First, uh, our core conversation today is um, advertising versus marketing versus sales. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, don't do that, dude. Hey, here's the thing with salespeople. All right, sales. If it weren't for salespeople, I don't know if we'd have jobs. At least at most companies, no, we definitely wouldn't have jobs. If it weren't for <laughs> so uh, yeah, if if you're in a marketing career, you're, you know what we're talking about. If you're new to marketing, uh, you need salespeople to survive. And sometimes uh, uh, you're not always on the same page, even though you try to be. So, um, uh, but marketing can't exist without sales, and probably same vice versa. I'm sure. Um, let's talk about advertising, though. Can, That's can a weird def- one. That's it is a dear weird one. Okay, and I, so let, <clears throat> let's talk for. about it. Let's talk about it. I think I've I've recently had a revelation around marketing and advertising and sales, right? And I'll just start by saying that I was always pissed off whenever I would hear people interchangeably use advertising and marketing. To me, by the book, those are not the same things, right? Marketing you know, is the management of the four P's in the, the traditional sense, right? The, the place, the price, the promotion, and the product, right? Those are the four P's. So advertising and sales both fall under the P of marketing, right? That's the, the P of promotion. Sales is promotion, advertising is promotion. Now, I understand that advertising and marketing are used interchangeably, so... I have, against all odds, taken a step back and accepted the fact that you can say, you know, I love the marketing that this company is doing, or even when you're talking about a very specific ad that they're putting out there, right? And it's not the company, it's usually an ad agency. I think that a lot of laymen and people who are not like within the marketing world don't completely understand the ecosystem of how uh product marketing works and how the advertising piece fits in so so that that those are i would actually say like there's a trifecta right and advertising 
I'm just going to put it under marketing. You can call it marketing. You can call it advertising. I don't care. It is the management of those four Ps, right? Sales technically falls under marketing in the traditional sense, but right now, I would say, you know, especially on the technology side of things, which is really prevalent, it's a trifecta, right? It's product, sales, and marketing. Those are two teams that work very much together cohesively in successful organizations that pretty much make or break the company. So in my perspective, and uh, I would say that product, and I'm going to throw that in, even though we're going to talk about it, but product is really, in my, in my opinion, product drives the conversation that marketing then picks up and fine tunes to address a customer's need and then gives that fine tuned message to sales to then go out and talk to customers about. So that's how I would kind of describe that relationship in my opinion. I think that there are probably very different opinions and I know that um, in some organizations that are very sales driven, sales tells product, this is what I want to sell. Now you go out and build that product and marketing you tell, you know, you figure out how to promote it. So between that, within that trifecta, I think that you'll see organizations that are strong in one of those. You'll have an organization that could be strong in the product side, the sales side, or the marketing side, but it's always going to be one of those three um, within a larger organization, obviously. I think you did a good job there, and I think there's I don't think there's a right answer here, so that's what makes it such an interesting subject because I think when you when if we were to ha- ask this question to someone that's not in this field, uh, they wouldn't be able to tell a difference um, between those three. Maybe maybe a slight difference, but that's about it. Um, I do notice, I did notice one thing, like when people ask me, especially like early in my marketing career, like what I did for a living and I'd say marketing, uh, they'd assume I did sales and I started going, Hmm. And then I started changing it up because, uh, I'd be like, um, when, when someone, you know, after a while people would ask me what I'd start doing and then I would start saying, I did, I'm in advertising. And then people understood what I did. Like, like they had a better concept at least of what I did. Which, which I they they saw that advertising is completely separate from sales. At least this is my general thought here. But they couldn't see the difference between marketing and sales. So, um, uh, or at least maybe it wasn't as obvious. And I kind of see that now. And I've kind of always used that my terminology in my head when I say advertising, just in general. And I'm just having a, I don't know just a very laid back conversation when I talk about advertising, I'm usually talking about something you paid for, like, uh, like pay for ads or like, I don't know, advertising on like a, like a TV commercial or on the radio or something like that. Uh, something you pay for, uh, when I say marketing, it's a much bigger concept. It's a lot more general. Um, and that's why we have little things like we say digital marketing or, or, search engine marketing or the, you know, stuff like that, we can kind of define it, but marketing is usually more general. And then sales means what you would, I think most people listening here would know what that means is people actually selling stuff. So that's how I define it. A very, very simple type of way of thinking. And again, it's not totally correct, but I think when I say it that way, I think a lot of people get it. I could be wrong. But but I that's it feels right to me, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, dude, I love that. I think that um, people are gonna have different perspectives based on industry or vertical where you're working, right? Like a large retail operation is gonna have a very different definition of what sales and marketing is. 
than a tech company. I think the waters are very muddied, um, especially in tech, and that's you know a lot of my experience now is in in the tech world. So. Sales, even on the sales side, you have outside sales, you have inside sales, you have sales engineers, right? That's a whole new ballgame. A sales engineer isn't somebody who's really pitching your product. That is a subject matter expert that literally their job is to know the product very well, but they're not necessarily part of the product team because they're not developing the product. They're just experts in the product. So when a salesperson whose job ultimately it is to close the deal and bring in revenue can call in a sales uh, technician or a sales engineer to explain the product in a way that makes sense to a customer and the messaging there can come from the marketing team as well, it, it can get very complicated and it's, it's very uh, based on organization. But I think that your definition of advertising is something that's paid, something that you pay for. I think that's spot on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm glad. I'm glad you see that too. Um, and then marketing is more more general. And obviously, I I and I have a strong feeling like 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 marketing, like um, because it's such a broad term, it can mean a lot of different things, right? It can mean like growing your brand. It can mean like uh, getting your message out there. It can even mean like um, bringing in customers, right, or bringing in prospects. You know, so salespeople close it. Um, advertising can do a lot of that too, but advertising to me is more focused usually on directly getting like a return because it's something you are paying for. And I've yet to see like, uh, either, uh, as I work in an agency, like when I'm working with customers, when they think of advertising, everyone think is a return. And then I also see that on the client side too. Like how much did you spend on, on that advertising or, and, and what did we get our return on? So I think there's a little bit more of like an advertising needs to be returned, whether that's um, true or not, or or should be true or not. That's that's totally debatable. But I think that's the general concept: is you're paying for something, you do, you want to see that individual turn, right? Uh, return. But but marketing, you it's a little because it's so broad. You get the flexibility of of doing a a, a larger variety of things. I don't think I've ever heard an advertiser ask what the return on investment was. No, I meant like your your boss, like like a, either your customer. If you're if you're doing advertising for a customer, uh, they want to know what the return is, right? Because it's it's advertising. Um, yeah, no, you nailed it. I think what I'm trying to say is that an advertiser wants to spend your money, and yes. a marketer is the one who is accountable for the money being spent. Well done. In most cases, right? Well done. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what is it for you? Why did you get into what? What? Why is marketing more appealing than sales for you? Oh man, I love that question. I love that question because I spent. A long time working in sales before I, before I actually got a, my first job in marketing. I knew that I wanted to work in marketing, and specifically, uh, more realistically, I wanted to work in advertising. And I've always been fascinated with ads as a kid. I would flip through like magazines and PC Gamer magazine and like random fashion magazines, and the ads would always stick out to me. And I was like, I was like, why am I looking at these? You know what? What's so cool about this? So I started like really. Trying to like analyze, even as a as a like a, a kid, I would like look at ads and be like, "Why do I care about this? Like, why is this so attractive to me? Why am I drawn to this?" 
And so I wanted to study that more. And that's, that's really the simple fact. Like I, even uh, by senior year of high school, I knew I wanted to be in business and I wanted to work on marketing stuff. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. But ultimately, I couldn't really get a job in marketing because it is, and we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but it is a little bit of a challenge to get a job uh, working in marketing, especially you know when you're in high school. Much easier to get a sales job in high school <laughs> than a marketing job. Um, and so I worked in sales. I worked in cell phone sales, and um, I worked in retail sales. So I had probably like six years of sales experience before I uh, graduated college. And so I worked in sales through actually most of college as well. And the one thing that I loved about sales is getting to know the customer and very quickly trying to figure out what makes them tick and every customer is different and that's what I loved about it is like trying to very quickly identify what works right and I think you know when you get to more sophisticated sales that isn't personal selling like selling cell phones at the mall it's a more research based where you're you're learning more about your your accounts and you're learning more about the decision making tree and uh, you know who those the, the key people are and all that stuff. So, um, but for some reason, I wanted to come up with a strategy that gets people so interested in the product that, as a salesperson, I always wanted to be like, "Hey, man, I wish I didn't have to sell so hard to make money." And I knew that that's the job of marketing is to influence the buyer and position the product in such a way that the buyer wants to come to sales and ask for the sale. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's why I work in marketing. Man, your last part, that's exactly, a, a, that's the same for me. I, I started in sales as well. That was my first kind of career route. And um, I did enjoy it. But for me, it was, it was really draining because I was trying to be as successful as I could be. And if you're like really driven person in sales, you can make some serious cash depending on what industry you're in of course but um but in what product you're type of selling but uh uh with, with sales i started to get drained because like man there's no there's no off button you're on all the time and that was really draining me and that that's not the reason why i left sales it was the reason though for me to start looking at other things or one of the reasons why i started looking at other things and then when i found marketing i was just like i love the idea of coming up with with strategies and and coming up with ideas of of growing a business instead of just going right directly and working to the actual customer, I love the concept of like you said with uh, you know looking at ads <clears throat> and seeing how that can you know uh, uh, build an awareness and get people engaged and so forth. I really like that concept. To me, it was like okay, I, I feel like I could use my I could get creative there and and look at analytics and data and and learn and and I don't know it just really engaged me that way and so that's why I got into into marketing and that is it's time for Kirill's rant boom you ready let yeah let's talk about LinkedIn <laughs> let's sure go <laughs> I'm sure you're surprised that we're going to talk about LinkedIn again but oh my god uh. First of all, let's talk about LinkedIn for a minute. It's a really good platform still. I'm not going to always pitch it. I think it's kind of 
been going slowly downhill. It's still a really good platform to get jobs. Still a really good networking platform. Still a lot of really good, valuable content. Still the best social network for business professionals, in my opinion. Hands down, this is not a sponsored <laughs> pitch. It just really is my favorite network, um, even for organic content. But man, let's talk about messaging on LinkedIn and what a mess, an awkward, awkward mess that is. Uh, we we're actually running a poll right now on LinkedIn to see how people want to be pitched to, because obviously I think that we can all agree that 99.999% of messages that you get on LinkedIn are advertisements or pitches or somebody just waiting to sell you their service on LinkedIn. And I think actually, I believe in the first podcast, this is like three weeks ago, so I'm kind of hazy, especially since we're drinking beers during this, but I think that we talked about the approach of just immediately pitching someone as being the equivalent of running up to somebody on the street and being like, hey, do you want to buy my product? And you're like, I don't even know you. Like, Why would I possibly buy anything from you? Like, You're not going to 10 times X my revenue when I have no idea what you're pitching or like, I don't, we're not ready for that conversation. I don't know you. I don't trust you. There's no credibility there. So why do people continue to send messages on LinkedIn? What about what about when they do a warm up and they go like, "Hey, Kirill, I I've been following you and I just want to connect with you because I think uh, uh, I think you're just a great person to connect with." And then like five minutes later, then they sell your pitch. At least they threw in that warm up. Does that piss you off too? No, that doesn't. That doesn't really. I mean, oh come on, man! That's just, that's that's just such a lazy way to do it. It's so lazy. <laughs> uh, I get it. None of this pisses me off, right? Because these are salespeople, and probably some of them get paid based on outreach on LinkedIn, which is a shitty way to do it. It just shouldn't be done. But that's the way it is, right? Because a lot of people don't understand how marketing and promotion works. But whatever. I think uh, really interesting conversation I had recently. This is literally a three month conversation. Somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn, connected, uh, asked me a lot of actually pretty well thought out questions about like marketing and how I'm running marketing and my team and what I'm up to and like what I'm working on. And this is happening now for like two months. And I know that ultimately I'm going to get a sales pitch, but this is by far the longest sales pitch I've, I've ever gotten on LinkedIn. And I'm intrigued, right? Because it started so soft. And, uh, Two months goes by. Finally, this person just completely ghosts me, right? And we we kind of like end it on like, hey, have a great weekend or whatever. I don't hear from this person for like three weeks. Finally, <laughs> get a message three weeks later. Hey, Kirill, just checking in. Wanted to see how things are going. By the way, could I ask you a question? So I know the pitch is coming, right? And I message Jesse and I'm like, here it comes, man. Like it's been three months and I'm like super pumped to hear what the sales pitch is. And uh, it was uh, it was something like, do you want to generate additional revenue? It was some like MLM, uh, multi-level marketing scheme or something. And I uh, obviously like I wasn't interested in, in any of that, so I just uh, I declined it. But what I think was the most interesting is that this person <laughs> then messaged me back and uh, and and said that you know I, I should not be should not have been wasting their time in that. Uh, I am the one who uh, gained value from this conversation. So I, take that however you want. I love it. And 
I think it's fair that we, at least during one of these rants, we actually um, say what's a proper way of doing it, at least in our opinion. But, but before that, I got a story. And um, I recently, this is a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, I did a webinar and uh, I think I talked about it on, on LinkedIn. And I mentioned that I love doing webinars and this is our, my webinar today and yada, yada. And uh, got really great response from it. And uh, I started getting a lot of DMs that day from people that host webinars or uh, do webinar, some sort of webinar type of sales, whether it's a technology or a software or a marketing for webinars or whatever. And I was just getting just blasted. Anyway, there was one individual particular, well, there's two particularly. The first one, uh, you know, she was hitting me up. She found my email through my work and then she was hitting me directly through my email. And, uh, and she even called, found my phone number and called me on my personal line as well. But she uh, was a little creepy. Uh, one of her emails, I, I, I saw that she uh, hey, said, hey, let's schedule a cup of coffee or schedule a time for coffee. And she had a picture of herself holding up a cup of coffee. And then she had her laptop uh, showing or with the screen showing. And it had a picture of my face on it. So at this point, this girl is like, she's DM'd me. She's hit me up on me email. I think this was like her third email at this point. And then she's even called me on my personal line. I don't know how she found that. Uh, and then she sent me a message with, with my picture on my email. I was like, this is getting creepy. And I thought that was like insane. But I started looking around. I'm like, wondering if anybody else does that tactic. Sure enough, I saw this, this other, there's a guy this time. He was doing something similar. He was sending me like these. I didn't get him at, at first, but he was sending me these like these uh, little gifts. And um, and one of the gifts had like uh, I can't remember what. Oh man, I wish I remember what he said. But the, anyway, the picture was of a cat. And if you look closely, the cat had a collar, and the tag on the collar was my face. Like, <laughs> what is happening? So, so I think, uh, uh, there's a turn, at least in, for me with, uh, 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 you know, that at least people are starting to think strategically or trying to do something different to, to, to get responses instead of just like automated, uh, uh, messaging on, on LinkedIn. And, and I respect that. But uh, for me, at least on these circumstances, it kind of crossed the, the, the line of being creepy. <laughs> so because it's creepy, they didn't get a response from me. And they haven't followed back, at least in the last couple of weeks, which I'm super, super happy about. Um, follow-up question, though. Uh, what would you... Okay, let's say, let's say... Let's just say I know you're in marketing and so am I. But let's just say you have a salesperson. They're cold calling. Like, their pipeline is low. Uh, and they're going to use LinkedIn. And, gorilla suit. Yes. The, throw in a gorilla suit, get on a corner, have a big sign, and just just like wave in the leads. But in this, this circumstance, your gorilla suit is LinkedIn. How would you, it, it, let's say it is messaging, what would you recommend or how they engage with, with, uh, with prospects? How can they grow their pipeline uh, by using LinkedIn? All of your time that you spent on organizing this stuff, just spend it on doing research and understanding your customer and knowing your audience and send 
somebody a genuine message, right, that shows that you spent 30 seconds learning about literally anything. And I'm going to give a good example of this. This actually happened recently, and I think most people know Marketo. It's a huge uh, marketing automation company. It's a competitive hub spot, which is very popular, uh, competitive Pardot. But um, they got acquired by Adobe, and I think that they're making the rounds and talking to some previous Marketo customers, and I happen to be one of them. And one of their sales reps reached out to me on LinkedIn, completely cold, and said something, I don't know, like he was like, hey, I saw that you work in marketing, I work in Marketo, I saw that you were a Marketo customer, so he knew that, right? Like he caught me there because he already knew that I was a Marketo customer. All that takes is just looking at their database to see if I was one or not. Um, he said that I saw that you had some great results from Marketo, uh, a previous company that you worked at. I see that you're now at a different company, and I want to have a conversation with you about implementing Marketo software at your company, right? That level of research, and he followed up with an email, by the way. I didn't respond on LinkedIn because I pretty much never respond to promotional stuff on LinkedIn, but he followed up with an email, and uh, he said, hey, can we have a conversation? And based on the fact that he did that much research and knew he knew that we were implementing marketing automation at, at my current company, um, he knew that we we'd used Marketo previously. I, I I messaged him and I was like, "Hey man, like uh, I've used Marketo. I didn't love it, um, and I I don't necessarily think that I'm in the right place to have a conversation about it right now." And guess what I got in response? Hey, totally get that. Let's connect when you're ready. Well done. That instantly boosts their their sales team, in my opinion, by like a thousand percent. Right, and that we're talking about it right now. We're talking about Marketo on a marketing podcast. There you it's go. effective. That's 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 uh, finally a positive story after one of your rants. That's first time ever. There's always a lesson to be learned. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, right on. Uh, let's talk about young professionals. How should young professionals use LinkedIn? Oh, uh, resume baby. Question. Resume. Great question. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn really is your living resume. Um, I would say connect with people. Yeah, we talked. We touched a little bit on this on the first podcast, I think. But what we talked about is share things that you're learning. As you, even if you are a marketing student, just share insights. Um, the LinkedIn publishing tool is really cool because it allows you to just publish articles. If you like, let's say you have a test that's due, you know, you're having a midterm in two weeks or whatever, and you're cramming for it, and you have a bunch of information in your head, and you need to write it down somewhere. Instead of writing, scribbling it down on a piece of paper that you're gonna lose somewhere, write it down on LinkedIn, uh, make it a bulleted post, publish it, and then start adding people in the industry, add marketing directors, add marketing managers. Anybody who's potentially going to hire you in the future, start adding those people and start sharing your insight because guess what? Those people are going to notice you. And if you're talking about marketing, I love people who are passionate about marketing. I'm a passionate marketer. I want to talk about it all the time. And if I see an entry-level person who is fired up and talking about a bunch of different interesting marketing concepts, that person is going to go straight to the top of my list of people that I want to look at when I'm hiring for especially an entry-level role. You know what's so cool about LinkedIn? Like, if you're like right out of college, let's say you're like 22, 23 years old, like, what's the chance of you being able to talk or at least engage with like a CEO of a big company that like um, zero? 
price their their helicopter to work every day? Like zero, right? Oh. No, I had I didn't have that opportunity when Neither I did I. college, man. It Neither did exist. I. But on LinkedIn, guess what? Here's here's a little secret on LinkedIn. When people post, whether you're a CEO, whether you're like uh, uh, a leader like like Kirill and I, or or um, you're new and jobless or whatever, when you post something, you like it when people engage with you, and uh, it doesn't matter. You, that's you like it, and uh, and guess what? If you, you, it's the only tool that I can think of where you can target CEOs and totally engage with them, whether you're brand new out of college or your manager or any level. You can target with just about anybody. And that's what's so amazing with LinkedIn. Man, CEOs, the author of your favorite marketing book, I literally just, I made a terrible joke on a post of an author of one of the books that I really liked. And he commented that he didn't get the joke and it was kind of awkward for a minute. Then he made another post yesterday and he was talking about his new book. And I commented and he remembered me from the previous comment and we connected. And we had a, a really cool uh, like direct message conversation. And now um, I have insight from the, the guy who wrote a book that I really like. I mean, you just that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's not going to happen on, on Facebook for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any beer left? Yep. Let's chug it. Uh, I could use some jelly with this peanut butter. I really could. Thanks, everybody. We're out. Great episode. See you next time. Brands and Brews.